I'm Brett McGarry. This week on The Couch Potatoes, it's time to get excited all over again for Breaking Bad with a date announcement trailer for the Breaking Bad movie, El Camino. Plus, I'm Jeff Braun. I watched the new Godzilla movie this week. I'll tell you whether he's really king of the monsters. And Disney unveiled a cornucopia of goodies at its D23 Expo, including a special look at Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. The theme song for Breaking Bad, one of the greatest television shows in history, which ran from 2008 to 2013 on AMC. It starred Brian Cranston as Walter White, a high school chemistry teacher with lung cancer, who decides to get into the drug business to help pay for his treatment and take care of his family. Since he's a chemist, he figures, hey, I can make crystal meth. He enlists the help of young criminal Jesse Pinkman, played by Aaron Paul, and together they get in way over their heads, and it is spectacular television. There been talk for years they were going to do a movie, then we learned they are doing a movie. Then last week, Bob Odenkirk, who plays the lawyer Saul Goodman, or James McGill, his real name, on the prequel show Better Call Saul, he blurts out that the movie's already been shot and is pretty much ready to go. Then on Saturday, August 24th, surprise, Netflix dropped the date announcement trailer for El Camino, the Breaking Bad movie. I don't know what to tell you, I ain't said like 500 times already. I have no idea where he is. Don't know where he's headed either. North, south, west, east, Mexico, the moon. I don't have a clue. But yo, even if I did, who wouldn't tell you? Cause I've been watching the news, same as everybody else. I seen that little cage of his they kept him in. I heard about what all they did to him to make sure he kept cooking. So sorry. I don't know what to tell you. No way I'm helping you people put Jesse Pinkman back inside a cage. And at the end, the release date, October 11th, 2019. That's just over a month away. Here's the official synopsis. And spoiler alert for those who have not watched Breaking Bad but want to eventually get to it. The Netflix television event El Camino reunites fans with Jesse Pinkman. In the wake of his dramatic escape from captivity, Jesse must come to terms with his past in order to forge some kind of future. This gripping thriller is written and directed by Vince Gilligan, the creator of Breaking Bad. So, Jeff Braun, when mm. uh, you saw the trailer... Skinny Pete! That yeah. was Skinny Pete. Yes. Who's one of all, he was one of my favorites. Just him and his buddy Badger, they were dumb, but they were weirdly nice guys, and I could just listen to them talk to each other forever. And what was their affiliation with the show again? They were just, they were like Jesse's like dumb drug dealer type friends or whatever, so whenever they needed to do street stuff, they'd get uh, Badger and Skinny Pete to, to do it. Okay. So were you excited then when you saw this? I was, because, and... I'm always really skeptical of reboots, and in general, I just don't like them. Like, I have, I, when a show ends, even though it's sad that your favorite show's over, I'm just like, put a period at the end of it and let it, just let it be over, but we don't live in that world anymore. So, I was, so normally I would be like, ah, I don't think so. I don't, I'm not excited for this. But because uh, Better Call Saul has turned out so well, yep. and when we thought we were very skeptical of that when they first announced that, that seemed dumb. And that's turned to be, out to be a terrific show. And that you said that this movie is written by Vince Gilligan, who was the creator of these other shows and probably their best writer. That gives me 
a lot of confidence that this will be a very good movie. Whatever, yeah. whatever it is, I, I, that's the other, like I didn't really, I didn't want to. I liked the final shot of Jesse driving away, and I was like, that's fine. That's a good ending for Jesse. So I don't didn't need. I didn't I haven't felt a pressing need to see what the future held for that guy. But again, like I say, with uh, Vince Gilligan's doing it, then I got no worries at all that this will be great. Yeah. So per, so I guess from what we can tell from the trailer, the cops are going to be hunting for jesse pinkman and i guess he's on the run who knows what's happening there we don't know if brian cranston is involved i mean he has been rather quiet about any involvement he might have with the movie i would yeah. imagine we'll see him in some form i mean he died they, yeah in but, they the do, show. but they do flashbacks on the show too right yeah and presumably we'll see him in some form coming up on a, a better call saul as well so yes so i don't but he's also I don't. I can't say for sure. I think he's like it's been six years, and he's at the age where the six years would really show on a person. So mm. I don't know how much how flashbacky they really want to get. Well, but they I, could do that CG stuff like they did yeah. with Samuel L. Jackson, where they right. digitally yeah, young him up. And they're doing the new Martin Scorsese movie coming out that we might talk about later if we still have time. But yeah, it's it's, it's there is technology for that. So you're right; they could do that. Yeah, and I I think of movies like Sex in the City. And Entourage. That first Sex in the City was not bad. I didn't think it was great. The sequel was uh, did not get entirely favorable reviews, and I, I thought it was okay. But I, I understood the demand to go back to that well, because that was such a popular show, and its fans still wanted more. And then they HBO tried it with Entourage. And that movie did not get very well <laughs> met a, at all. Nobody was really asking for that one. No, it was weird that they, they made this Entourage yeah. movie, and it, by all accounts, it was terrible. I mean, I watched that show, but I could never compel myself to watch the movie because it got such terrible reviews. I yeah. thought, eh. And the Sex and the City came out more or less around when the show was on, too, right? Pretty close. Like, yeah, like, it, I don't it wasn't think much it was, longer. It was, certainly wasn't the six-year gap that this Breaking Bad thing is. And the Entourage was like a six-year gap to you. Yeah, that's true. So, But uh, no, I'm excited for this because if Vince Gilligan is behind it, it's going to be good because yeah. you know that this guy would not release something that's garbage just for the sake of making a dollar. I think he's probably done well enough for himself with Breaking Bad and now yeah. Better Call Saul. I don't think he's the kind of guy that's chasing money to the degree that some other people in Hollywood are chasing it either. It is weird that it's on Netflix and not on AMC. Like, why would AMC not demand this be part of their dealio? Wouldn't, don't they own all that stuff? They still have the Better Call Saul going on. And I know that you're looking up the answer to my question right now on the internet. Was I'm going to see if it uh, if I can find it here. Yeah, because I was uh, I was curious about that too. Why is it not on AMC? Let's just see here. Uh, the film is also expected to be broadcast at a later date on AMC. On AMC. So I guess maybe it's a it must be some sort of a a, a deal between yeah. Netflix and AMC, where Netflix would get it first, and I think too. And Netflix is probably. Putting up the money, that's probably what the deal is. And I think the the creators of the show, like Vince Gilligan, has credited Netflix as saying that Netflix helped to uh, increase the popularity of the show because people were binging it en masse. That's true. Because yeah. the, the, that, that show, I mean, it, it, it still didn't have gigantic ratings numbers, but in terms of a, sort of a pop culture zenith, there are very few shows that had more buzz than Breaking Bad did By going the end. into its final episodes, because yeah, everyone was racing to finish it. That thing picked up steam as it went. After the, nobody watched the first season live. You did? A little bit. Yeah, I did. And very few people did. And it sort of went like that along the way, or every year, more and more people get into it as more and more people will catch up. And 
you know, like also like Game of Thrones, it's one of those shows where you sort of, you have to watch, you can't just jump in in the middle. You got to start it at the beginning and go all the way through or you'd be lost. Yeah. I, and you, I remember you telling me about this show. I saw the trailers cause I watched other shows on AMC and I would see the commercials and I would think, well, that looks good, but I got to, you know, I haven't started from the beginning. Yeah. So am I ever going to watch that? You watched it. Another one of my buddies watched it and I just never got to it. And then it was finally, I think the, the finale date was September 28th, if memory serves. And I started watching it on Labor Day, thinking, okay, it'll take me about three weeks. So I plowed through it in, I don't know, 10 days. The whole became, thing for came, the first time. I don't yeah. even, really? It became a second job. I'd go home and watch like eight episodes a night. Oh, I thought you jumped in like at season four or something like that. No, yeah. I was uh, right. There were three episodes left, I think. So I, I managed to finish in time to watch the second last episode. The the penultimate episode, which is probably the arguably uh, the best that episode was the of third the third last. Oh, was it the third? Yeah, because the second last was him on the run in Granite State mm. when he went in the truck. Okay. And then it came back in the finale. Ah. Yeah. All right. I always think that too, though. And then I was like, oh, wait, that wasn't the second. You think it's the second last, but it's the third last. That's why it was such a shocker because you used to them dropping all their bombs in the second last episode of stuff, and then they did it in the third last one. It was like, bah. Oh, okay. It was also, I would point out that episode, I watched that entire episode standing up in front of my TV. Standing, I, I stood like through commercial breaks. I stood for an hour because I was I jumped up when the first gunshots went off at the beginning because I couldn't believe it. Yeah, and then I just stayed standing, and then all of a sudden, oh, it's over. <laughs> I should sit down. And I was just like tense the whole time. <laughs> that is amazing. Yeah. Well, and you had invested years into this show. I had invested two weeks. Yeah, and oh, and you don't. It's like it's oh. You're, Makes me mad. It's like the people that like watched Lost all on DVD. It's like you don't know what it's like to have to wait weeks in between episodes or years in between seasons to find out what was going to happen because they're pretty good about cliffhangers and stuff like that too. Especially like you know when Hank's on the toilet and he reads the inscription of a book and it's like oh, what happens next? You got to wait a year and a half to find out. And they take this. They were the first show to take weird long, more than a year long breaks in between seasons, just so they could beef up the writing or whatever. They're like, oh, we'll be back in 18 months because we want to spend time on it. And <laughs> it paid off because the final product was always good, but the waiting was excruciating. Well, we won't have to wait much longer for El Camino. It is out October 11th on Netflix. Up next, new trailer for. Should I, is it, would it be fair to say one of your favorite villains? I think it's fair to say one of uh, the world's favorite villains. Details next. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Welcome back to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Jeff. He's Brett. And the final trailer for the new Joker movie starring Joaquin Phoenix came out this week. Arthur, I have some bad news for you. <laughs> this is the last time we'll be meeting. You don't listen, do you? You just ask the same questions every week. How's your job? Are you having any negative thoughts? All I have are negative thoughts. The trailer shows a lot of people picking on Arthur and what appears to be the lead-up to him becoming the Joker. One of those people is a talk show host played by Robert De Niro. Wait, he's in this? Didn't know that. On his talk show, he shows a video of Arthur as a struggling comedian and then takes a shot at him, and we see Arthur watching all this on a TV. And finally, in a world where everyone thinks they can do my job, check out this guy. When I was a little boy and told people I was going to be a comedian, everyone laughed at me. 
Well, no one's laughing now. You can say that again, pal. Looks like a very compelling portrayal of a man going off the deep end, as you would expect from Joaquin Phoenix, especially with a villain like the Joker, often referred to as the greatest villain across at least all the superhero stories. Probably Darth Vader's the best villain in all movies. The trailer's drawing some criticism, though, and there are some good points. It feels really weird that outside of De Niro, everyone in the trailer who gives Arthur grief is a black woman. And then his big speech sounds a lot like creepy incel talk. For my whole life... I didn't know if I even really existed, but I do. And people are starting to notice. You think this is funny? Is this a joke to you? That was just a trailer, so you can't really read a whole lot into it. I mean, the Joker's a bad guy and presumably will get his comeuppance, but... This is like Batman just show up at the end of this movie? Who knows? It is directed by Todd Phillips, who made the Hangover movies and Old School. He seems like a reasonable fellow. Can't imagine he's about to put out some weird alt-right movie or something right now. But we'll find out for sure on October 4th. Uh, Murray, one small thing. Yeah. When you bring me out, can you introduce me as Joker? So what was your reaction when you saw the trailer? It looks really good. Joaquin Phoenix looks remarkably suited to play the Joker. And you know, when I, even when the Suicide Squad came out, I thought, really? So soon after Heath Ledger, we, we need another Joker. And then I thought I doubled down on that feeling when I saw the first photos and teaser for this. I was like, why is there another Joker movie? We had a perfect Joker 11 years ago, but this he seems really good in it. So I think it's going to be good. I When I first heard that they were doing this, I thought... I don't really like this, but I have to remind myself that comic books, <laughs> the Joker has existed in various forms in comic yeah. books for decades now. and They get uh, rebooted all the time. Yeah, and I'm totally fine with that. So what's wrong with doing another film, especially with like this is an original standalone story that's never been told. It's as far as I know, <clears throat> it's not based on anything. It's just yeah. an original script. Agreed. And uh, I like are. Yeah, and Joaquin Phoenix is a tremendous actor who clearly has brought all sorts of madness into this role. So I'm curious to to give it a look and see what happens. Although it, it just the one thing that kind of strikes me as weird is so he he seems to be this kind of bumbling nobody likes him fool. Yeah, and then we later see him supremely confident as the Joker, and he appears to have minions or a gang right. of thugs. Yeah. So how do you go from being this meek where weakling, you, where do you get the confidence? Yeah, and yeah. and like, and where did he get find these people? And get good at crime if yeah. you're not a criminal to begin with. Yeah, how yeah. does he go to go from being nothing to being this sort of mastermind? But it's all very mysterious. <laughs> they they haven't really revealed. Like the trailer shows you a lot without really showing you anything. Right. Yeah, that's true. Like we don't know what the actual story story is going to be or what the all the beats of it are. So it's it's I'm yeah I'm very curious to see what it's like. And it's also probably a good thing that they decided to do this original story and th- this different take on the character because comparisons are unavoidable. Yep. But in this case I feel like I don't know that I'm going to need to compare. Like when I when I watched Heath Ledger I was even though his take and that whole story was completely different than Jack Nicholson and Tim Burton's version of Batman. It's still hard not to compare, but right. this just feels like something completely separate. And and I no, I don't think I'm going to be finding myself saying Heath Ledger was better or Jack Nicholson was better. It's just yeah. whacking Phoenix's version. Especially the Jack Nicholson one at this point, because, I mean, sooner or later, 
time just does it for you. You know what I mean? Like nobody watches the the modern James Bond movie and really compares it to one of the Sean Connery ones just because it's filmmaking and general has changed so much so it's it's just it's apples and oranges even though it can be the same character and what date again is that out october 4th you said yep okay so october 4th you've got the joker october 11th you've got el camino and then a bit later on you've got the rise of skywalker in december so we'll talk about that in a little while but coming up in a moment the trajectory has been weird here. Like, you used to watch all the... I mean, you liked your action and smashy movies. But, yes, yes. But you've taken on the Fast and the Furious movies, and and you like The Rock now, and, and now you're watching Godzilla, which hey. strikes me as more of a Brett movie. But here we are. Here we are, I, and mostly I enjoyed it. We'll get into that in just a bit. You are listening to The Couch Potatoes. Welcome back to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Jeff, he's Brett, and I checked out a Blu-ray this week. It is available on Blu-ray now from Warner Brothers. It's called Godzilla, King of the Monsters. It was with the light show. It's an intimidation display. Consider us very intimidated. We open Pandora's box, and there's no closing it now. Long live the king. Godzilla, rated PG-13. Godzilla, King of the Monsters, was one of the big bombs of the early summer blockbuster season. It made, well, it didn't bomb, it made $385 million globally on a budget of about $200 million, but it was a disappointment, all things considered. The previous Godzilla movie in 2014 made over $500 million, but this one arrived in theaters at the end of May to a chorus of yawns. Neither of us saw it, and I mean, why is that? I just wasn't excited to see that. Did you see the first one in 2014? I did. Yeah. yeah I loved it. I well, I mostly loved it. Yeah. Um, what could it possibly have that we hadn't seen before? There was a bit of that, I think. I remember going to see the 2014 movie and mostly liking it, but I actually couldn't remember anything that happened in it. I, so I read the plot on Wikipedia yesterday before launching into the new movie, and I didn't recall any of the 2014 movie, even though I know I've seen it. So maybe the lack of excitement over this new movie had to do with the first one being pretty forgettable, even though it was mostly enjoyable. But I still wanted to see it because I loved Kong Skull Island. Did you see Kong Skull Island? Oh, yeah. That's a good one. And next year, we get Godzilla versus Kong. That'll definitely go see in theaters. So um, in 2014's Godzilla, Godzilla was a surprise to everyone. And when I say everyone, I mean everyone in the movie, the society, the people in, on Earth in the movie, Godzilla. The characters were all, what the heck? This is insane. Now in King of the Monsters, it's set five years later, and society has weirdly come to accept the fact that we live in a world with Godzilla. No one's seen him in a few years, but they know he's out there somewhere. And in fact, there are a bunch of other monsters as well, which the public doesn't entirely understand the scope of, but there's this large government organization that's in charge of keeping them under control. These other monsters are mostly all dormant anyways, like Godzilla was before he got nuked awake or whatever happened in the first one. Most of the human characters are employed by that government organization. It's called Monarch, and uh, it includes the Russell family. Vera Farmiga is the mom. Millie Bobby Brown from Stranger Things is the daughter. And the estranged husband and father is played by Kyle Chandler. Farmiga and Eleven get kidnapped by Tywin Lannister, and Chandler comes back to search for them. Farmiga also invents this machine that can be used to communicate with the monsters in a way. All it really does is seems to wake them up and then irritate them. And before we know it, the world's overrun by the monsters, or titans as they call them, and there are 17 of them. Wow! Yeah. 
The main ones that everyone knows from the old Godzilla movies from the last 50 years are Mothra, that's the one that looks like a moth, Rodan, that's the one that looks like the giant bird, and Ghidorah, which is the Hydra dragon thing with three heads. The warring human factions have... Various ideologies when it comes to the Titans. Some want them all turned loose because they believe that they'll wipe out enough humans that the Earth can repair itself. Some believe that only Godzilla should be allowed to roam around because mostly he sticks to the sea anyways, and if you don't antagonize him, he doesn't kill anyone. And some believe that they should all be wiped out because, come on, they're monsters, and the planet belongs to us. The the people's story in that regard is... A kind of boring. There was, admittedly, a couple of cool twists, but it did sort of feel like the same old thing where you get the team of a bunch of scientists or army guys chasing the monsters and talking tech talk, a bunch of made-up science junk. I didn't even listen to that closely because, I mean, why? Who cares? It served its purpose for the story. Uh, they made up a bunch of stuff to keep the plot going. So there was a detachment there, which I'm guessing is also part of the problem that these movies have with getting people excited about them. Uh, the monster fights, though, were pretty cool, if you can get into it. The main complaint, sight unseen, I think, was that it would just be a lot of mass disaster stuff where the big draw would be watching cities get destroyed. Something that you know, has lost its luster. We've seen that so many times that you just can't be excited about watching it anymore. So it was actually kind of nice to find out that a lot of the fights weren't even in cities. Now, don't get me wrong, we do watch parts of a city get leveled, but all the action doesn't depend on you finding that entertaining. There's a very cool scene set in Antarctica, which you don't see a lot in the movies, and there was a fight in the air with Rodan that was very spectacular, very cool. Overall, though, the movie wasn't fun like Kong Skull Island was, I thought. That movie had that inspired crazy performance by John C. Riley, among other ones. Um, Godzilla should be a little more fun than it was. It takes itself a little too seriously for the ridiculousness, ridiculousness that's on display. Maybe when they meet next year, it'll be a lot of fun. I hope it will. This one, though, I thought Godzilla, King of the Monsters, a decent renter, three couch cushions out of five. Is there a post credit scene? There is a post credit scene. There are a couple of things that allude to Kong versus Godzilla coming next year. So, okay. Yeah. Uh, I... I wanted to see this quite badly in theaters. I was excited because the action looked tremendous and I figured it would be great in 3D. Never got around to it. it just it, This happens every year where I have this list of movies I want to go see and yeah. I just don't get to them. And, and I think it was partly because the reviews were underwhelming and there was... No buzz. Like, there was so much buzz for that Godzilla that, that back the in 2014. Right, yeah. People were excited, and for the most part, I think it delivered. It, it, it left some things to be desired, but that's a movie that I've since gone back and watched two, three times. Oh, really? It's become kind of just a... Dip, not like I don't intentionally go to it. I just happen to see that it's on TV, and I'll turn it on and leave it there. Yeah. But uh, I enjoy it. So to hear that this one is just okay makes me kind of sad. But I'll still check it out, because I think they do such a great job uh, with the way that they made Godzilla look. Uh, oh. The, the CG rendering is so good. It looks spectacular. And I don't think you missed anything 3D-wise, because a lot of the action is set at night and in the dark, and like that's 3D in that regard rarely works well, I can't imagine, right? Okay. Let's switch gears from Godzilla to Star Wars. Your journey Yes, it's in. So Disney held its D23 Expo recently, and they 
They unveiled a whole bunch of stuff, and we can give you the kind of headlines on that in a moment. But one of the big ones, of course, was the trailer, the special look trailer for Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. Not a whole lot of new stuff in this. I mean, it was predominantly a montage recap of the previous movies. Yeah. With no dialogue. And then right at the end, there was that one line of dialogue from... The Emperor from Palpatine with just a handful of new shots that we haven't seen yet, including one. Yeah, interesting shots. Of Rey wearing a dark robe and she's got a red lightsaber that pops up and then it like unfolds and it's it's a dual-sided lightsaber kind of like Darth or uh, Darth Maul had. Right. But, although but a foldy his, kind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a foldy kind. They are running out of ways to make different sorts of lightsabers i think yeah it's it looks it cool, cool though, yeah so but now, she and she had red glowing eyes or something didn't she uh i don't know if her okay. eyes were glowing red they might have i didn't take that oh, close maybe of a, it just could be of just the a reflection c3po had red eyes he had red eyes and i know the internet's going nuts over that what I is lo- that i mean? love possessed by the emperor that he's been hiding inside c3po this whole time oh is that what that that's, theory is that's one theory right? oh my god <laughs> okay so i wanted to run this past you do you the fact that the Emperor is involved now, uh, I kind of, unless it was, this was the plan all along, I sort of wonder, like, is this is this a cop-out to try to just right the ship because so many people were unhappy with The Last Jedi? But anyway, regardless, it's yeah. kind of cool that he's coming back. But do you think he is alive, or do you think he, too, is a Force ghost? Oh, yeah, because well, why wouldn't he be, right? Because the Jedi, every last one of them, keeps coming back as a ghost. Yeah. So why couldn't he do it as well? Because all, all we saw was him fall down the hole in the Death Star, and then the Death Star blew up. And force-wise, that doesn't mean very much. That's just, like, the physical body for any of these guys has been very irrelevant. So, yeah, that's a good call. I honestly hadn't put much thought into it because it's just like, what is the point of me knocking my brains out trying to figure this out when the, I'll just, I can wait four months and just find out what it is. So, but you're probably right. Like, cause it can, if he just like walks up for real, that would be weird. Unless, I mean, he, he clearly proved that he was all powerful with the force. It's entirely possible that he could have just surrounded himself with some sort of force bubble and we because we saw that shot in the first teaser for the rise of skywalker where they were on some planet and pieces of the death star had fallen into this planet so maybe he just rode the death star explosion to some random planet and walked out of there safe and sound but i'm gonna guess more that he is a force ghost and uh the last jedi i have not gone back to see that movie or not gone back to watch it since the movie theater in do you even fa- like Star Wars anymore, Brett? Because you I missed do. Han Solo altogether. I did. I did eventually and, see it. And you only watched The Last Jedi once? I No, I watched it three times. In oh, the yeah, okay. that's oh, it. Oh, that's right. Okay, never mind. And I didn't, like, that's the thing. It was the strangest thing because I went to see it and I liked it, but I didn't love it. But one of my buddies wanted to see it and then another one of my buddies wanted to see it and they had no one to see it with, so I committed to seeing it. With both of them, so I had to go back and watch this movie three times, and each time I thought to myself, the visuals in this movie are stunning, and I think that's why, like I, I craved to go yeah. back to see it again. Like that shot where they, where the ship goes in a light speed and cuts through that dreadnought. That's one of the. Is that when it goes silent for a second? Yeah, there? yeah, that's amazing. So cool, or the shot where the camera's behind Luke as he walks out, and where he he joked earlier, like, "What am I going to do? Go out and face the entire might of the First <laughs> Order with a lightsaber?" And then he actually did that, yeah, yeah. and it was cool. It was like looking at a painting. So the visuals were tremendous, but I really just don't like 
a lot of the stuff, like in, as I've had time to reflect on it, I really don't like a lot of the stuff they did with that story. Just so many dumb subplots. The casino planet was way too long of a diversion. And then having them just run away and not explain what the plan is. Like, why couldn't she just tell them we're going to this (laughs) secret base or whatever it was? Like, that wasn't a, a need to know secret. So I don't know. I just thought it was kind of stupid so i'm looking forward to the rise of skywalker hopefully riding the ship a little bit here um do you think ray will turn dark no No, sir it's a star wars movie and it's for better or worse meant for children and it's gonna have a happy ending and she's going to be the hero well is it possible that she turns and kylo ren is the Skywalker who rises. Maybe he rises back to the light. Uh, but he turns her back by the end of it, if that's what happens. I yeah. don't. I, but I don't think so. Okay. Yeah, I have no idea what to expect, yeah. but it does look cool. Trailer looks cool, so there you go. Uh, and just a couple of quick uh, headlines from that Disney D23. Ewan McGregor returning as Obi-Wan Kenobi at last. They've confirmed he's going to star in a new Disney Plus Star Wars cool. series. Speaking of Disney Plus, they released a trailer for that uh, Mandalorian show. That looks good. That's going to debut. Werner Herzog is in that? Uh, yeah. I think Carl Weathers is in it. Gus Fring from Breaking Bad. Yeah. What's his actual name? Uh, Giancarlo Esposito. Yeah, he's in it. So that looks cool. That's going to debut on November 12th. Uh, they also mentioned that Black Panther... The sequel will hit theaters on May 6th, 2022, classic Marvel claiming the first week of May, although the last couple of times they they did the first week or last weekend of April. Uh, So, yeah, there you go. And they also revealed, released a a trailer for Lady and the Tramp. So that's kind of that Yeah. And that's going straight to Disney Plus, right? Oh, is that going to be a Disney Plus? I think so. Okay. I think it's just to help try and like... They want a lot of strong stuff to launch that thing. Yeah, I don't know that I want yet another streaming service. but And we have to be careful because there's still the Disney Channel in Canada, and it's going to get a little bit messy with some of the stuff. Oh, boy. Yeah, as to what's right. on there and what's going to be on Disney+. Plus. Okay. Up next, Martin Scorsese. How long is this movie? Jeff Braun's got the answer next. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Welcome back to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Jeff. He's Brett. Some news this week about the upcoming Martin Scorsese movie, The Irishman. Sooner or later. Get the gun out of his hand! Everybody put here as a date when he's going to go. You want to be a part of this fight? Would you like to be a part of this history? Yes, I would. Whatever you need me to do, I'm available. Movie stars Al Pacino as Jimmy Hoffa and Robert De Niro as The Irishman, who does some dirty work for Hoffa by the looks of it. It's another gangster movie from The Master, starring the best gangster guys there ever were, including Joe Pesci, who's coming out of retirement to join in the fun. Now, it was a big deal when it was announced, and then we later learned that Scorsese would be using that de-aging technology we were talking about before to young these guys down for part of the movie. Jury's still out on that, although the trailer looks pretty good, and the trailer might not be at the 100% finished product mark in that department either and they're only aging them down from like mid 70s to mid 50s it's not like al pacino will be trying to play a 19 year old or something the interesting news this week though is the runtime brett 
You're going to love it. Three and a half hours. Ouch. Yikes. Now, the good news is it's a Netflix movie, so you don't even have to watch it all at once if you can. But even still, that seems excessive. It's 210 minutes, which would work out as a five-part miniseries with 42-minute-long <laughs> episodes. Why not just do that? I don't know. It'll be easier to judge after we've seen it, but the gut reaction says Netflix needs to lay down some rules with these guys. I mean, they give final cut to guys like like Scorsese, you can do whatever you want kind of thing, but I mean, they should lay out a few parameters at least. We'll see how it all works out on November 1st. Yeah, because that's not a movie that he would probably ever release. Three and a half hours. No. At the, I'm trying to think of movies that have exceeded three hours in the last 10, 20 years. And outside of Lord of the Rings? Barely. And those don't even, the, the theatrical ones were, were right around the three hour mark. They weren't much longer. I think Return of the King was clocked in around 340. That could. Oh, I really? Mean, there was theatrical? I think because, so. But they had such... They had made all the money at that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they were hitting home runs. They knew they could get away with that. Yeah. Like the extended cut, I'm sure, is over four yeah. hours long. I could be off on the numbers, but yeah, I'm pretty sure it was at least three and a half hours in the theater because I remember by the end of it, but that's I just it. I had to I had to pee so bad, <laughs> and they just kept having like ending after ending yeah. after ending after ending. Like, okay, is this it? <laughs> is this the end? No, I gotta go. It's not the end. Uh, they made the Tarantino chopped up Kill Bill into two movies. Yeah. So. I don't know. They would have, they would have, somebody would have told Scorsese, you got to cut an hour out of this movie, guy. But I guess because, as you said, it's on Netflix, people can watch it as they want. Yeah. You can pretend it's a five part miniseries. Yeah. You can just set your stopwatch to 42 minutes. <laughs> and then when it gets there, just hit stop. Yeah, watch some more tomorrow. And then hit play. Yeah. Like, hey, you want to watch the next one? All right, let's go. <laughs> so that's uh, coming November 1st. So exciting stuff coming up in the next few weeks. And just very quickly here, you want to tell us what's coming out to home video? On the Blu-ray and DVD, it's season three of True Detective, uh, one of my favorite things from TV this year. Also on hard copy, Booksmart, Men in Black International, and Ma. And on Digital HD on Tuesday, The Dead Don't Die, which was a critically acclaimed uh, zombie movie from Jim Jarmusch starring Bill Murray and Adam Driver. And X-Men Dark Phoenix, which nobody saw and probably nobody wants to see anyways. Yeah, I think I will have to watch it one day just because. Just to see? Just to make it complete? You watch the other 11, you might as well watch that one too or yep, whatever it is? that's exactly it. Like I, That's what happened when I watched Apocalypse. It was terrible, but I watched it, <laughs> and I will watch this as well. That's all the time we've got. I'm Brett, he's Jeff. We are the Couch Potatoes. September movie preview next week. Remember, if your requires getting up off the couch, don't bother.